Welcome to Caring Supports Podcast. This week, we are very lucky to have a tremendously uh, amazing woman who's from the West Coast in Canada. She's doing incredible stuff in healthcare, but especially as it relates to women's health when it comes to their heart. Often overlooked, but certainly today, we're going to focus on that. So we're lucky enough that I'm joined by my uh, lovely associate, uh, Callie, uh, but to uh, welcome Dr. Naja Adrik. Uh, I wonder if you could please introduce yourself. Okay, of, of course. Thank you so much, James and Kelly, for the invitation to be in your uh, amazing platform and podcast. So um, I don't know from where I start by talking about myself, but I will start from uh, I, I did my medical training in my home country, Libya, um, and I did my cardiac surgery training as well there. Then I decided to to move to Canada for further education and training. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I finished a master's degree from University of British Columbia and I become a scholar in teaching by completing one year program in advanced teaching and learning. And uh, since I'm, I'm making my way here in Canada, I've become so involved in many initiatives and organization and become um, an advocate for women's heart health because I, I myself as a doctor, I was unaware of these differences. And I thought I will use my uh, my voice, my platform to uh, to uh, advocate for that. So I joined the Canadian Women's Heart Health Alliance, um, which is a national organization that advocates for women's heart health by, by doing different things, like by education doc educating doctors, public health, uh, public and uh, students. So, and uh, through my dedication and commitment to this uh, mission, I've been nominated to be the trainee representative for the Alliance. And I, uh, I, I led the uh, World Red Canada campaign for the fourth year now uh, in the West Coast with my amazing team. And what the main mission is, we need to uh, make this information available for public so they know they become more empowered and become more aware of the differences. At the same time, working in the high level by educating the doctors because we don't know this information when we are in mid school and we need to do better to improve our woman's life. And yeah, and I'm here today joining you from the West Coast. It's sunny today, so <laughs> that's good. Uh, and I'm happy to be here. That's great. Thank you. Uh, you know, we're very lucky to have you on here because, you know, when I was looking at your profile and just hearing what you said right now, obviously you're busy. Uh, <laughs> you got a lot going on. And uh, so it's really great you can do this. So obviously, uh, as we agreed at the beginning, uh, the lovely Callie will ask the questions. So let's get started. So can you tell us about the most influ influential person in your life and how they impacted you in your career choice? Yes, of course. Um, it's good. This could be like a, a typical answer to see like my mom, but my mom was uh, uh, like plays a, a huge role in my life. And uh, since I was very little to the moment that I was here, uh, we are a family of nine. Uh, so she does a lot of things. And watching my mom from very young age that she's um, she's taking care of uh, nine kids at the same time, pursuing her career and working. And she was able to do this like magic combination of doing everything perfectly and being at the same time like a mayor for the family who the glue that connect the families together. So from that moment, I realized like as a woman, I don't have any um, 
anything that make prevent me to do my 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 career so when i become passionate about uh, being a heart surgeon and with a lot of discrepancy that our uh, perception that women cannot be a surgeon and of course women cannot be a heart surgeon I was like why not my mom did everything so why i can't do uh, uh the stuff and she always supported me at the moment up to now i came here to canada alone and she was super supportive and uh, up Every time that I face I face any challenges, she's the one that I I call and she was like Naja, I know you can do it, and um, I believe in you. And of course, I have a lot of people in my life like um, who helped me throughout this journey, and I'm I'm grateful for all of them because every one of them they make the many little uh, pieces of Naja, and I can't count names, but they know themselves. Um, but the main person that I, I can't see is my role model is my mom. That's awesome. I'm sorry, did you say nine kids? Yeah, yeah, nine kids. Okay, just checking. <laughs> my wow. goodness, I have that's, two that's right. and that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're Bob. Yeah, obviously you also learned uh, about, oh, here's how I handle being busy because your mom would have been severely busy doing all that stuff and been that cohesive thing. So that's that's really beautiful and really good on you to to talk about the importance of what your mom was in your in your life. That's so beautiful. And, um, you know, it's great that we have you in this country because you're an incredible human being making a big difference and especially in women's health. So, yeah, welcome. Thank you so much, James. So you just finished telling us that your mom is someone who greatly influenced your career, but now you sit here with us as an influencer yourself for women's heart health, and you've even been a TEDx speaker, which is super cool. So what was it like being on the TEDx stage? Uh, terrifying. <laughs> just kidding. Um, first of all, like being... Um, and TEDx stage was a dream that comes true for me. And I'm truly thankful for this great opportunity. So uh, as I mentioned before, when I came here to Canada in my first year, uh, I uh, I entered like English school. And my ex-teacher who become my friends now, uh, Scott Malawi, uh, high school. So he was always giving us a TikTok as a class assignment and we need to listen to them and analyze them. So from that moment, I fell in love with TED. Uh, talk and the impact of storytelling, how to impact people's life and inspire them. Then he invited me to one of the TEDx that he was organizing. And I remember that that experience was by itself like eye-opening for me and it was traffic uh, experience. And I told myself one day on being that stage, uh, sharing my passion. So when I become Women's Heart Health Advocate, I couldn't find better than TED uh, stage to uh, to reach, uh, to has a huge impact and, and make this mission like reach as many people as we could nationally and globally. So I've been applying for to be a speaker for many years uh, and the last year uh, my application get approved and it was so uh, interesting coincidence because I was I was writing my medical license exam and I have a, I was at the same time with the have the campaign so it was a lot in my plate and I was like okay um, I'm not ready <laughs> and I have a lot in my plate but you know when you have the fire inside yourself you can't you can't you can't like it you can't handle to say no. So I remember even I called one of my friends and Kerry call. She was like, Naja, what do you want to do? I was like, I really want to do it. And she was like, yeah, okay, go for it. So, um, and this is, I get a lot of help from my friends and my, um, the people who helped me throughout this journey because um, 
English is not my first language. And uh, even like native English, that stage is terrifying. It's a big thing, right? Uh, but uh, despite the fear and the doubts, sometimes the, what matters most is the mission and how this is needs to be rich uh, more people. So it takes you out of yourself. You don't worry about like, oh my gosh, what if I make the wrong mistake, uh, the wrong grammar, or what if I just lost my train of thought? But I have a lot of friends who help me and I need to shout out for them. Uh, like I have my Denise Russell, he's a presenter coach. I met him one day, uh, uh, he was giving a workshop at uh, UBC and I just sent him random LinkedIn message. It was like, hey, here's what I have. Um, I'm going through. I was like, oh, Naja, this is perfect. Just call me. And he was encouraging me throughout the process. And out of his like a pure heart, he was helping me with my script, uh, how to organize my thoughts, my photo to master uh, Kevin uh, Bentegrit. Uh, and he would spend his weekend just going with me, rehearsing all my stuff. And all of my friends, like uh, my Cardiffield team, and of course the Alliance who provide me with, it, with the information that I was able to, to share. So, um, the, the the main lesson from this um, um, like answer is like if you are really passionate about something, go over what you think you're capable for, because what scare you it could be your uh, growth uh, uh, point. At the same time, think about the big picture and how this could benefit people uh, and go out of your uh, your self uh, interest. So yeah, it was it was. Overall, it was amazing experience, and I would love to do it again and again. <laughs> it, it, you know, that's what everybody says. So that's amazing because you know something here. You're doing something incredibly beautiful. You're taking the time to acknowledge all these people in your life. You are very humble, which is a beautiful quality, um, considering you're so intelligent and doing incredible work. And but, you know, to get that message out, and realize it's not about me. It's about that message. And that and that is very, very critical. Uh, but that's the biggest stage potentially to do it on. And, you know, good on you for doing it and um, getting on there and absolutely rock starring that opportunity. I uh, I think a lot of people can aspire to that. They that's very inspirational in and of itself. Right. Yeah, anyway. So yeah. Thank that's you. Yeah, for me, like whenever like I saw the views on my TED, I was like, okay, thank God, there's two thousand people now they know, and this two thousand gonna tell two be other people, so it's exactly. the impact is gonna go big and big. And this is you. Uh, usually, TED stage is idea world sharing, but for me, it's an idea that could save someone's life. This is why I I I, I, I had the courage to to uh, to take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, it's beautiful. Sorry, Kelly, go ahead. All good. So you've gone through a lot of education to get to where you're where you're at currently. And I know right now in healthcare, we're screaming for more professionals, more people to go into healthcare work. So what would you say to someone to motivate them to pursue a career as a surgeon or physician? Yeah, this is an important question, Kelly. And if I feel like um being a doctor or even intermediate school, uh, it's something requires a lot of hard work, a lot of preservation, a lot of determination, long years of training and studying and continuous training. But uh, I would say if this is something that you really like and comes from your heart, you will be happy doing this. And every time you will think about the challenges, you recognize this is something that help, could 
could help you to help other people and save their lives and improve their quality of life. So if you have the good why, and uh, I think this all this sacrifice, if I can say, will be worthwhile because you know the big picture later on. So I think um, if any, like someone aspire to be a surgeon or physician, they need, they need to have reflection of what their passion and what is the right why for them. Um, because uh, usually I say, if you're looking for a fame or money, there's a lot of easy things that you can do to get this. But if you're looking to help other people and be uh, like their uh, saver for some, some of the times and prevent someone to lose their family, this is the why that you make you uh, endure all this challenging and able to overcome them. So I think um, I always remind myself with one uh, phrase from the Holy Book, if you save someone's life, as if you save the whole notion. So, and this is where I, I found like, it's too much. I remind myself what my, my passion and I go for it. So um, yeah, so if I can only give them one tips, it's just make sure this is what you really want. Make sure this is what makes comes from your heart. Make sure this is the thing that spark your, your 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 heart and make you like every day happy to wake up to go to the hospital because if you know that you will save someone uh, life so yeah yeah absolutely that's beautiful i love that a lot um you know i i know on the caring support team we we have people on our team that that work at what they do every single day with a high level of passion because they realize that everything they're doing is creates an impact on other people's lives you're so right. You know, we live in a world that unfortunately been teaching and making people think that they need to aspire to riches and uh, power and greed and and other things that that are not good. When really it's all about the impact you create in other people's lives. So like true. how you you know, it's like the, the Maya Angelou quote that I love so much. It's not what you said or what you did. It's the way you made people feel. And this is massive. I mean, you know, so I think, you know, for us, like when we we were doing this all throughout the pandemic and we brought all these great people in and Callie comes on board and she starts doing her rock star thing. I mean, this is it's great because you learn a lot from each other. You create impact in each other's lives and you walk away from that thinking, I'm really privileged to work with this person because, you know, they're doing things that influence the way I think and feel. And then that helps with whatever challenges I might be experiencing in life, you know, that you're not alone, that you, you've you got this, that, you know, there's people that have your back. So I think it's beautiful, uh, Naja, you are um, very humble and very kind, but also what you're doing is so critically important and creating massive impact, which is the most beautiful thing ever, Thank right? Thank you so much, yes, I appreciate it. Yeah. So med school is obviously one of the most intense things that people could choose to do. It's it's just, I, I mean, I've never done it and I don't think I could. Um, but when it comes to balancing schoolwork with personal life and maintaining your mental health and all that kind of fun stuff that comes along with everyone's daily life, but specifically with students that have such a huge workload on them, what would your advice be to them to make sure that they are taking into consideration their mental health and and all that kind of stuff while they're going to school? Yes, uh, Kelly, I think uh, this is important and this is like applicable for anyone in in 
striving to do uh, their best for in their career. I think one of the lessons that I learned the hard way is you need to uh, know when to say yes, when to say no, and when to say yes, but later on, because uh, we need to, we have like limited time, 24 hours. I hope we have more than 24 hours per day. I, I can do more, uh, a lot of things, but we need to prioritize and, and, uh, and know what things that matter most at this particular time. Like saying no for my friends to go out with them this weekend, uh, because I have a big yes that I need to study for my for my exam, right? And then next time, you can meet them in the other weekend when you are more free. So I think this is the balance that a mid 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 school student needs to recognize that you can have it all, but every time if you're able to like prioritize your task, uh, know what things need to be done in urgent uh, matter, think that you can have more time for it and start working on it on them in a small task every day. This has helped them to navigate uh, a mid-school or study. At the same time, they need to find time for themselves. And this could be either uh, going for a walk, going to the gym, always connecting with the friends and family, no matter what. And no one can succeed alone. Like, I haven't been here if I did it by my own. So the, I would say teamwork makes teamwork. So try to work in team. Find supportive team that you work together, you study together and keeps you motivated at the same time learn from each other's strength everyone has their unique uh, like strength and you don't have to suffer if you don't have the strength so you can learn from your colleague and finally never take your health and mental uh, health for granted you need to work on it and make you make you need to make action to work uh, maintaining them and work through them so i think this is one of the lesson that um, I can speak here for hours or days for that, but I think this is what makes every student um, con like more subtle and less stressful in mid-school. If they think about how to prioritize things, try to learn to work in teams because it could be competitive and you think like, I wanna be the best. It's not about being the best. You are the best in the world by providing the best and learning from your team you all gonna grow together, and this is your future colleague. So better to have a good relationship with them from now. Okay, so you know, I know you got a lot going on, but I'm wondering if maybe you should be a motivational coach too, because <laughs> what you just did there was great. Because that's, and this is stuff that when when you know many of us talk to people realize there's a level of self discipline required and the ability to focus, and we all suffer from this from time to time. But I think you know. What what you said was so true there, like, you know, I was using the term busy and many times I'd say, James, stop using the word busy because everything's about priority. And, you know, there's a lot of times you hear people saying they're binge watching all this stuff and then they turn around and tell you they don't have time. And you're like, no, you had lots of time. It's just what matters most to you. What is going to create the biggest impact and, and the value to your life and then in turn how you help others. So. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if maybe motivational speaking should be in there too. Just saying. I'll keep it in mind. Okay. <laughs> My future so, two ducks. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. So we're going to kind of make a move from mental health into physical health and specifically women's physical health. Uh, women are seven times more likely to be sent home from an emergency room while having a heart attack than men. You said that on your TED talk that I watched like a lot of times. <laughs> so what should women watch for when it comes to their heart health, heart attacks and heart disease? 
Yeah, this is an important thing, Kelly, and I'm so glad that you asked these questions because um, as a woman, sometimes we don't put ourselves as a priority. So, and we put other family things and all other commitment uh, first, then we think about ourselves. But I think as a woman, if you think about yourself first, you will help your everyone around you. So you, your, your, your kids needs you to be healthy mom, but if you don't, don't care about your health, uh, you cannot take care about your, your kids or your sibling or your, your husband. So I think what we need to, to do, and this is what we are doing uh, in this campaign, women needs to know that their heart attack is different. We have unique risk factor. Uh, we have different symptoms that uh, then demand a heart attack. And this is what we need to recognize. And I will just touch a little bit about all the differences now. I just like use this, take this advantage, uh, this opportunity to to educate women. Uh, so as of, as I said in my TED talk, like women's heart are are different. The we have a smaller heart than the man. The our arteries are smaller, and even the how the lipid uh, plaque accumulate in our blood physically is, is is different than uh, the man. And this is very important because this is. Uh, shows how our heart attack could be different than the man uh, a typical heart attack. Secondly, our risk factor risk factor are different. So we all know like uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, smoking are risk factor for all men and women. But women they have unique risk factor uh, different from men. Let's, for example, if they have high blood pressure in pregnancy or have premature uh, uh, delivery, and also the traditional risk factor, they have greater impact on women's heart than men. For example, diabetes, women have three or four times more likely to die from heart attack than men who have diabetes. So this is need to keep uh, in our mind. And and the woman needs to take action toward their heart from the early uh, on since the puberty. And anytime they take action, no matter the age, that matter at the end. Secondly, or oh, I think thirdly, uh, there are types of heart attack. We know like uh, the common causes of heart attack is atherosclerosis. There is where the lipid uh, plaque accumulate in the heart. But women, they come with different type of heart attack, like spontaneity section of coronary artery, which is tear in the blood vessel. And this is commonly don't comes to uh, women who are old or have risk factors. They could come for someone who look athletic more than I am, who look younger than I am. And this is like unique for women, and, and we don't know why is that, but we need to keep that in mind. So age is not um, is not like if if you're younger in age, it's not like immune you from having a heart attack. Uh, thirdly, the septum. We all know like uh, if I tell any younger kids how heart attack can manifest, they see it in the movie, right? Some old man clutching their chest and screaming. Women could come with different symptoms like feeling fatigue. Um, and A's, like feeling um, sweetening, uh, palpitation, raising in the heart rate, uh, anxomia, like they have my heart, they come with anxomia, like sleep disturbance. This could be a sign of heart attack. So as a woman, we need to understand our body and know where something looks different or uh, off than we usual uh, uh, daily uh, um, like uh, habit. And this is when that happened, we need to take ourselves seriously and go and seek medical care because as I said, like 78% of uh, early signs of heart attack are missed by women themselves on their healthcare provider. And this is needs to keep in mind. Um, and when it comes to the 
emergency department, I think uh, women needs to be their own advocate because there's still some doctors that are not aware of these differences. And we need to keep in mind this and we have the information that allow us to advocate for our health, our heart health. So, um, yeah, I think this is things that women needs to keep in mind uh, to take care of their heart. Wow. Amazing. Um, yeah, you know, it's great that you're such uh, a proponent of this because, I, I, you know, I think so much has been thought of, well, you know, this is typical heart attack because it's thought about from a man having a heart attack. And this has been depicted in Hollywood movies. This has been depicted in TV and and wherever it is. And this is not necessarily indicative of a reality, certainly from a woman's point of view. So uh, it's great that you're doing this, but, you know, you certainly know what you're talking about. That's for sure. And and it's good that you are an advocate for women to realize that they need to take this more seriously, that they need to be aware of, of like you said, those maybe out of norm circumstances where they suddenly realize, oh, my God, I might be having a, you know, some kind of challenge. And that if 78 percent, I think you said the people like women going home and not being diagnosed with any kind of issue. I mean, that's a big problem. Like, wow. Amazing. I, you know, you don't know until someone you know, of your caliber starts talking about it and saying, this is why you need to take this seriously. Like, yeah, like imagine like, uh, James, like just uh, to clarify this, but like 50% of heart attack misdiagnosed and usually misdiagnosed to the symptom that they're not um, like panic attack or indigestion because some of this symptom we know now because we study man heart before and we know this is how the heart attack right. manifested. So we don't, it's not, um, a typical symptom is just because we don't study it. And now like the right. new guidelines starting starting recognizes the symptom as additional symptom because atypical for you could be typical for someone else. So we, we try to avoid using typically typical because um, everyone heart attack could be different. Yeah, well said. You kind of touched on this a little bit with the with the answer to the last question, but can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on the gap in the healthcare system in regards to women's heart health care and how you're advocating for change? Uh, yes, Kelly. I think, uh, as I mentioned before, this difference doesn't come from nothing. Like, there's many reasons why there's significant knowledge gap in women's heart health. But one of the core factors is that because model strategy that we use to identify and treat heart disease uh, have been based on research data done by men, on men, for men. And who are primarily middle-aged uh, white male research subjects, despite the fact that women make just over the half of the population. So, and you may wonder why, because two-thirds of the clinical study that we have now, uh, and we study mid-school based on research, focus only on women. And this is important uh, point because all the clinical guidelines that we use to uh, to diagnose and manifest, we usually uh, rely on research evidence, right? So um, as I mentioned, like uh, this is an important point because clinical guidelines are based on research evidence. Therefore, medical decisions uh, for women are being made on research evidence about how heart disease manifested and treated in men. So you may wonder why, why we don't include women. Um, there's some reason. Uh, first of all, safety concern because women could be uh, pregnant, so they are uh, they're afraid to harm the fetus. Secondly, um, the hormonal change in women uh, could confound the research uh, data. So usually, researchers avoid using women, even 
uh, female animal uh, in their study to keep their data clean. And lastly, because women, uh, they, they tend not to participate in research because they have other family commitment that they need to do. So they, they, if they have more time, they, they try to use it to take care of their family or uh, take care of the house. But this, uh, this is very concerning because if we keep the same trend, everything that we're going to go and learn in the future will be based on um, research that done only on men. And there's important or positive changes right now that most of the uh, funding agency require research to include women in their study to get funded and supported. If they don't do that, uh, they need to give a, like a good reasoning why they don't have women in their research. Because at that moment, we will know if we're providing the right treatment for the women, if this is the right test for them. And uh, based on research that we done uh, uh, over the, on women. Excellent. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, uh, Naja, this is uh, it's an extremely important topic. And uh, and I think a lot of people, like you said, nobody's really paid attention. And, you know, it um, but to hear it from your point of view, it makes you think uh, back to different things. Like I I've known um, lots of different women in my life, like uh, friends and whatever else and, and business acquaintances and clients and and you know sometimes you we often think you wonder when people get so immersed and stressed and everything is like are they aware of this i mean because men have been like they don't necessarily always know all the signs either but they, it's so prevalent in our culture that you know this is a it's great what you're doing because it's a massive uh thing that people should really be taking into consideration women should be for sure about their health because they're going to assume it's some particular thing that may seem very unimportant in the grand scheme. Uh, and that's not also to make people think that, oh, my God, I got a heart problem the minute there's a problem. But they do need to be mindful of what does that look like, uh, you know, and the fact that it can be a different experience from what men uh, uh, feel and, and undergo. So, yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Yeah, this is important, James, because uh, we need men to listen to this. This does not campaign for women. This is for everyone. We focus yeah. on women because even if um, important women in your life saying, oh, I think I'm fine. You are the person who should say, no, I think there's something we need to check. We usually say when you're in doubt, check it out. So there's no harm to go and check the doctor and tell them you're doing great. Then the other way around, you're sitting at home, then you think you're doing okay, then after that you come with more massive heart attack, and this is, will have like negative consequence in your uh, heart outcome. So we need this campaign and this message needs to reach to all people, even the kids, sometimes they're the one who push their mom to go to, to see the doctor if they feel like she's not herself today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This has been an absolutely amazing conversation, and I'm sure we could continue talking about all of this all day, but unfortunately, we don't have that kind of time. Is there anything else today that you would like to tell us about? Uh, thank you so much, Kelly and James, first for this opportunity. Uh, I'm so honored to be on your platform. Um, I think what I would like to, to say or add is just inviting people to, to learn. Um, the information is out. You just like what uh, Google click away from you, just right from the uh, uh, trusted resources. Join the campaign. If you're in Canada, there's Word Canada campaign. We have it every February. 
and you can anyone can join our uh, organization even high school students we have a scholarship now for them right. to be to create uh, this uh, opportunity for them to to learn early on and 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 if you are in different uh, spots in the world there's a lot of organization who uh, who support this mission so we can't do anything alone uh, we need you uh, to help us support this mission and one day maybe we'll reach the time that we don't need this campaign because we already uh, resolved these differences and everyone treated equally in our health system. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, what's interesting is when people take a more avid interest in it, then they're going to start to realize some of the things they need to do or to to help with the, the medical professional they seek to say, hey, are we taking this under advisement? Are we are we looking at these things? Are we aware of them? And we want to work proactively and preventatively because what often happens is when people come in with that massive heart attack, it's kind of almost too late. And you're you're doing everything you can to keep the person alive. But yeah, I mean, this has been really great. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I think uh, speaking on behalf of Callie briefly and just say that this has been a real pleasure for us. Um, wonderful to have you considering that you have so much going on. Uh, I'm still getting over that you're one of nine kids. Yeah. Wow. That's and crazy. I'm seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. So thank, you so, thank you so much. Thank you so much, James and Callie. Have a wonderful day. Yeah. You, you too. too. Thank you for being here.